This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Got a great show lined up for you this week. We're talking about North Korea again, death penalty. We're talking about the Democrats' internal squabbling. We got a real nice Trump odds and ends. And Joey brings up a point about a Playboy model or something on a mountain. On a volcano. Okay, a volcano. Well, you stick around. You'll find out. This is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs. As always, my name is Christopher Flannery. I am joined, like I said, as always, by... Joseph Anthony Noe the third. Hi, everybody. Uh, Matt Weiss will be joining us shortly. We actually have a little bit of a time crunch here at the studio today, so we got started about 15, 20 minutes earlier than we normally do. Matt usually gets here around 3 o'clock. We start when he gets here. You know, we screw around. We talk a little bit, listen to some tunes, braid each other's hair. But we have to get going a little earlier today. I don't have any today. hair to braid. I braid your beard, and you know it. Okay. When Matt gets here, he'll just join the program. Sound good? Sounds great. Welcome to the show, everyone. Nice lineup here. And I wanted to get through it because, like I said, there's a little bit of a, you know, scheduling log jam, I guess. And I wanted to get through the whole program, so we started a little earlier. We're talking about North Korea again. we got to keep bringing this up. It's important. We're also going to talk about Walter Scott and Jordan Edwards, something that happened in the past and something that just happened in the last week. Um, two more instances of police brutality, police shooting unarmed black men in this country. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Arkansas and the death penalty. This has been going on for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I, we, we didn't cover it. But we are going to talk about what's going on in Arkansas and the continued usage of the death penalty. Despite all evidence that, you know, they're not able to do this correctly anymore because they don't have the right combination of drugs and they're just incompetent and they're trying to rush their way through these executions. We're going to get into that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about Democrats. Why can't we all just get along? It's like if there's an issue that's a hot topic issue that is normally a wedge issue, let's let's stay away from it. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's just like make blanket statements, involve everybody. Everybody's happy and comes together. Yeah. I want to have the conversation with Matt's here because I think, you know. Yes. It'd be nice to have him weigh in on it. Uh, and I think he'll be here by the time we get to that part. Computers, Joey. They don't understand Icelandic, and it's becoming a problem, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, listen, uh, I'm all for languages, but when you only have 300,000 people speak a language, eh, eh, sorry. Get with the times. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joey taking a hard stance against Icelanders. Uh, yep. It's a very small country, and you know it's an islandy thing, and it's there, mm-hmm. and... You know what? Everybody speaks English. Let's let's have the whole world speak English. Their hockey team. Oh wow, that sounds pretty okay. That's you and Donald Trump. Great idea, Joey. I think we should dominate the entire world. Iceland. You know what they have, Joey? A great junior Goodwill Games hockey team. However, they ran up against Gordon Bay's team and they ended up losing. But we'll talk about that later. Did you just make a Mighty Ducks reference? Certainly did. Mighty Ducks too. And we got a Trump odds and ends at the end. We're gonna get into some of Rex Tillerson articulating the. Trump doctrine, if you will, at the State Department. We're also going to talk about our buddy uh, Sebastian Gorka. Remember this dum dum? He uh, has got himself in some hot water, and he probably is out of the administration now. Which one was he now? He was the guy that 
you know, what, what he, I played clips of him a couple of weeks ago where he was talking about, uh, you know, Islamic terrorism and whatever. Oh, that guy. The guy yeah, 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 I got you. Okay. You know, and fake news. And no, the administration's working perfectly. Is it? I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> the question I have for you. Yeah. Do we have any Sean Spicer this week? The press baby? Press baby. Yeah, of course. We got a clip coming in the next next eight minutes. You'll hear nice. from Sean Spicer. Uh, I want to say this. We also have emails from Chase and Jeff that we're going to play at the end of the show. They both emailed in. Regarding the same thing, we talked about the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial, yes. you know, recently, which is one of my favorite things. Heineken released a commercial that we're going to play at the end of the show. It's like, th- you know, four minutes. Great. Uh, just the opposite of what Pepsi tried to do. Still capitalizing, uh, granted, on the, you know, the turbulent times that we're facing in this country, but they did it in uh, just a way better way. So we'll yes. play that at the end and we'll talk about it. Uh also, let me say this. There's more? Yeah, even more oh, at the top God, of the show. Chris. Well, it's exciting because I was at the National Museum of African American History and Culture this weekend, and I actually got involved in the climate march just a little bit because it was all going on at the same time. Man, I had a great time at the museum. It was, It's, first of all, once again, thank you to Cameron, who met up with us, met up with me and Molly at the oh, museum. Oh, fantastic. Helped us out, got us past the line, which would have taken a little while to get through. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, and just a really nice guy. We, we, you know, we we hung out for maybe ten minutes. You know, talked a little bit, and you know, we're gonna have him call into the show at some point. So that, that was great. So I just wanted to thank Cameron again. So with the museum, how yeah. was everything divided up? Was it? by like the years and everything or was it by topics was it by individual people well a little bit well here's the interesting so it's a good question so you get there first of all it's beautiful i mean it's just a brand new Uh building it's got this amazing like bronze like lattice work outside i guess for i don't know specifically what it's called but unbelievable i mean just a beautiful building you go in uh we got there brighter we were there 10 o'clock it's when it opens get get in and um yeah so we i so i called camera because he was like let me know when you get here you know, we can meet up and then, you know, I'll kind of show you around a little bit. He had a little work to do in his office. So he's like, just go upstairs, like go look at some of the cultural stuff. They have like, um, you know, c- a comedy stuff and mm-hmm. dance and just how, you know, African-Americans have in- influenced culture yes. in the United States, sports, uh, you know, military, you know, it's like more like cultural stuff up yeah. at the top. So we went up there, we hung out there for like an hour. Cameron showed up then. Now you get, like you said, now we get in the elevator and you go down to the bottom floor and you mm-hmm. work your way back up, you start in 1400. Oh, okay. So you start at this beginning of the slave trade, which is the right way to do it. Definitely. Uh, is to like start at right at the beginning of, of how, you know, it came African-Americans came to be in the country. Yes. Learn. I mean, you know, kind of the bare bones of it. And that's the interesting thing about going to a museum generally, but this one in particular is that, I think I talked about it when I said I was going initially. It's American history. Yes. You know, yes, it is. Obviously, you're looking at it in the micro focus of African-Americans in the country. But it's American history. So you go and you learn a lot of little details about things that maybe get whitewashed, you know, in mm-hmm. textbooks or, you know, just kind of fluffed up or, or, or smoothed out when they don't need to be. It should be actually told the way that it, you know, actually happened. Go back to 1400. I didn't realize that sugar was the impetus for the beginning of the slave trade. It was a massive, it wasn't cotton, you know, because the United States didn't even exist at that point, but it was um, sugar was the big. The cane, right? Well, yeah, but it's it's harvesting it and, yeah. and uh, you know, grinding it down and all that stuff. That was like the big thing. So that was really why the slave trade started to begin with in 1400. 
anyway, you work your way from 1400, obviously up to, you know, Obama becoming president, which is really, you feel the magnitude of that when you're at, you know, when you're looking at the tremendous struggle and, you know, horrific treatment throughout history. Mm -hmm. And then you go, well, and look at this, (laughs) like now this guy is the most powerful person in the free world. Like that's unbelievable. It really puts it into perspective more than, you know, it it is anyway. Um, Some of the things I noticed that I found really interesting. There was a Jefferson quote um, where Thomas Jefferson, obviously you look at him as, you know, he's a founding father and somebody that's mm-hmm. really revered and did amazing things for this country. And you're not going to take that away from him. However, the context of all these guys were slave owners and Jefferson, there's a quote there of him being like, yeah, you know, the Africans are, or the Negro, whatever they say, you know, are, uh, they're inferior. Like, I know they are for sure. Like, but, you know, obviously he didn't say it that way, but mm-hmm. he's saying it like, yeah, definitely. Like, we're, we're superior to them. Like, their, their brains are smaller, whatever. And it's like, oh shit. Like, that's fucking Thomas Jefferson saying that. So, kind of what pe- you can't divorce that from, who he was. Who he was, right. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And it's not the case that all of them are like that. Some of them had slaves. Some of them didn't. Some of them were for it. Some were against it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a pretty hard, hard line tone of like, yeah, we're obviously they're in, they're not really even people. You know, that's a crazy thing to hear from Thomas Jefferson. So that is there. That's present throughout the whole thing. There's a stat. The statue work at this thing is shockingly mm-hmm. uh, amazing. The detail you go up and you look at the hands and it has like pigmentation and like, you know, oh, like wow. the little it's really unbelievably um, detailed. You know, it's a full day. We were there for five yeah. hours. You know, you, you got to be there for the whole day, and it's worth it. You're not going to be, like, bored at all. Um, Emmett Till, you go through Emmett Till's uh, memorial service. You look, you know who Emmett Till is? I don't. 14 years old. He was from Chicago. He went to visit his, I believe, uncle or grandfather in Mississippi. Okay. And his mom, who is still alive and is, like, you know, there's video of her at the museum and uh-huh. you kind of like get her backstory warns him. Like when you go there, like it is not Chicago. Like you were going to Mississippi, keep your head down. Do not look at any, like don't make eye contact with white people. Like it's not the same situation. Yeah, they that don't you're like in. you. And apparently he like supposedly whistled at like a white woman, like in a oh, convenience Jesus store or something. Christ. And then these two dudes showed up at the grandfather's house, kidnapped him beat him to death, uh, like dragged him with a cotton gin and then threw him in the river, found his body a few days later. And I mean, he's horribly disfigured. The pictures are online, you know, he's horribly disfigured. And his mom, they asked him, they asked her, do you want it to be an open casket? And she said, yes, everybody needs to see See what what they did to my son. Exactly. And that was a, obviously a seminal moment and, you know, civil rights and all that. And I didn't realize that Rosa Parks happened three months later. Oh no shit. And it was directly related to that. She you know, she was like I had to act. Yeah. You know, a- after I saw that and that was like a real like turning point in the in the movement and all that stuff. So that's something that you don't get connected when you you know, people always, "Oh, you know, Rosa Parks, nice old lady refused to sit in the back of the bus." Yeah, but that it was, was more a, to the But story. it was a planned protest gotcha. that was also heavily related to a horrific act of violence, you know. Um so okay. So that's you know, a heavy part of the mm-hmm. museum, but it's it's incredibly respectfully well done, and it's great. The other the final thing I'll say about it, because I mean, I really highly encourage everybody to go to it. I mean, it's 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 like I said, it's American history, but it's also you're getting the real 
This is the story. You know mm. what I mean? It's very. This is the. This is what happened. It's. It is history. This is reality. <clears throat> and for people that maybe, you know, don't understand systemic racism or don't understand, you know, we'll just get over it. Like, okay, go there. <laughs> look at the. Look at what happened. Or people that are racist or whatever. Like, it's very hard to to and see real stories of it. Yeah, to yeah. see real stories and understand. Like, yeah, this is not just something that's like made it. This is a real thing that mm. happened. It is part of American history. It is a driving force in why America is the rich nation that it is. You know what I mean? The, you, they estimate that at one point slaves and the work that they do was worth $25 billion. You're talking about, you know, the 1700s, right? Yeah, so, it's great. It's exploitation of somebody. That's great. Well, right. But I'm yeah. saying, but they, that is the economic engine of the yes. country, you know? So that, okay. So that can't get lost in the shuffle. The other thing I wanted to say, so the, um, at the Olympics, the famous like stand on the uh, the podium with your you know the the raised fist mm-hmm. that protest they have that statue there, and to me that's a cool. Obviously, cool is kind of like an understatement of what it is, but it's an amazing. That is an American. We should feel proud of that as Americans, not just African Americans or or whatever. Like that should be like fuck yes, that is America. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, these two uh, uh, athletes are representing all of us. This is America. We should be proud of this as an American moment. And that's, I think a lot of that is what you see at the museum. That's kind of like the feeling that I got out of it is, you know, we have to take, uh, my family's not here during slavery. We're not here at the founding of the country. I have nothing to do with it, but I'm American. I'm here where I'm benefiting from the consequences of slavery Still, because like I said, the that was the economic engine that drove the country and drove the the ability to become a world power and all that stuff. So I'm part of it. You know what I mean? And you have to accept the responsibility for that to an extent. Um as much as you accept the great things that that we do in this country, mm-hmm. it's all part of it. So it's an it's a real you know, it's hard to you know, I of course I was there all day. It's hard to like put it all into words, but that's sort of my, you know, little review of, of the museum. But it, it's unbelievable. And as a museum, just mm-hmm. put it in perspective, like it's a brand new museum. It's beautiful. I mean, it's terrifically put together. It's it's really great. So nice. Um, yeah, no, it was great. If I'm ever in DC, I'd definitely check it out. Yeah, we'll get tickets ahead of time. That's the other thing. That's why I had to, you know, go through camera to try to get tickets because gotcha. it's really hard. You know, I mean, there's like a long wait to get in there and rightfully so. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I'm leaving out hundreds of things. Oh, yeah. Saw, you know, uh, the Angola prison they, they have set up. You know, I mean, the whole thing. They have a um, they have like a watchtower set up that was at, I forget where it was, but somewhere in Florida, pl- a plantation there. I, you know, it's like there's so much that you see throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But it, it was really uh, truly worthwhile going down there. And it, it was great. So I had, a, I had a great time there. And once again, thanks to Cameron. So, all right. Any questions? Anything? Let's get started. All right. Let's get into it. So North Korea... Saturday, North Korea launched its third failed missile of April, despite U.S.-led pressure, provocation, maybe we could call it, I don't know, uh, to give up its ballistic and nuclear ambitions. Overall, North Korea, Kim Jong-un's missile launch record is 58 for 75, all right? So he's, he's, yeah. he's launched 75, 58 have been successful launches, he's fucked up. 17 percent what makes 17 i mean what makes them successful that they go up in the air and they don't explode right they don't they they land wherever oh they land oh okay i don't know if he's hitting the targets that he's trying to hit but they don't blow up immediately yeah okay 
So the reason why I bring this up, though, I keep bringing this up, is mm-hmm. we're acting like North Korea is an imminent threat to the United States. It's not. It might be an imminent threat to other places in the region, for sure, and the United States would have to get involved in that. However, they are not fully competent. We launched 59 missiles. They landed exactly where we want. I mean, unbelievable. They can't say the same, right? They're not landing all the, even though that wasn't true either, but they're not landing the missiles where they want, and they, they there's no guarantee that they're going to do what they want them to do. Let's keep that in perspective. Now, I have a couple of quotes in the email here. Mm-hmm. President Donald Trump on Twitter North Korea disrespected the wishes of China and its highly respected president when it launched, though unsuccessfully, a missile today. Bad. By the way, remember during the campaign, Trump, China, 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 China. China yeah, China was evil. The Now know. he loves Xi Jinping. He's, he's his best buddy because he met him once. That's the thing that I was talking about, like leading up to. All so this. all you have to do is meet Trump once and you're on the good side. Yeah, and you don't call him a, a dickhead. And he's like, we're friends. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah, that's all, that's all it takes. So, uh, you know. Democrats should just meander their ass up to the White House and be like, listen, I think you're a good guy. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you could sweet talk this dumb dumb pretty easily, I bet. All right. Also, Wang Yi, who's a China foreign minister, he says the key to solving the nuclear issue on the peninsula does not lie in the hands of the Chinese side. So he's saying, listen, you think we're going to be the ones that, that handle this? We're not. This is America's problem right now. Like, we're not going to get nuked, so we're not really worried about it. And that's, I was saying that to Matt, because Matt's like, China would never let anything happen. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because they're like, eh, it's not really our problem. Well, the, the, to the other thing is you can't control the nuclear wind or anything. Like, it's, it's just a clusterfuck. Well, you don't, listen, the, here's the other thing. It's a humanitarian disaster in North Korea. You have a population utterly separated from the world, a certain percentage is completely brainwashed. They don't understand what the fuck's going on. Uh, and also legitimately probably have some gripes against the United States for what happened in the Korean war. Right. I mean, they're, they're on the opposite side of, so, all right, put that in perspective too. Plus you have literally labor camps, prison camps there where people are, you know, born in captivity and their families are beaten and they they die because they're being, it's like a horrible, horrible Nazi Germany style, labor camp system going on there yeah all right good so we can attack north korea we're gonna do whatever who are you what are you gonna do with it afterward again with the united states is great at blowing shit up it's not great at building it back up after the fact we we don't know what to do so this is much more complicated than just threatening them and obviously threatening them is not going to work because every the more we threaten the more they they shoot missiles off Right. So that's why maybe this tough talk approach to North Korea isn't the best approach because they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You don't want us to blow up missiles? Well, watch this. And it's up another one. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe that's an issue. Now, Trump had this to say uh, day after the missile launch. If it would be appropriate for me to meet with him, I would absolutely, referring to Kim Jong un. I'd be honored to do it if it's under the right circumstances, but I would do that. Most political people would never say that, but I'm telling you under the right circumstances, I would meet with him. We have breaking news. <laughs> He's such a douchebag. I have a question for you. What? Mr. Trump. Yes, sir. Joey. Did, did Joey, you or did favorite. you not say this at one point about this man? He's 27 years old. Father dies. Took over a regime. 27, 28. Maybe he feels like 14, 13. Who knows? So you so say what you want, but that is not easy, especially at that age. 
It's not easy. I mean, I listen, I ran a brilliant company, the Trump Organization. I was 13 years old. Not a lot of people know that, but I was 13 years old, and I'm running a multi-billion dollar company. I'm having meetings with world leaders, Serena Williams, okay? Very famous people. And, you know, look, we might not like what Kim Jong-un is doing. We don't. We blow him off the face of the earth, but nonetheless impressive. Any follow-up? No? No, Thank that's you. it. You're dumbfounded. You're dumbfounded by my perfect answer. Thank you. Uh, so, all right. So Trump says that, that he would meet with Kim Jong-un. People freak out about that. He says, um, I'd be honored. You know, maybe he words it wrong. I'm of the mindset, though, like uh, even anybody, right? I'm of the mindset you should be able to sit down and talk to them. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a productive conversation. It doesn't mean you're going to be like, oh, hi, I'm so happy to see you. But... I, you know, I think conversation. Get him in the same room. Yeah, I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Now, again, Trump is probably not the person I want in the room with anybody to, trying to work things out because he doesn't. No, he just doesn't have the broad strokes uh, to be able to have that conversation. He also invited Duterte, the president of uh, the Philippines, who's just on like a rampage, murdering people that are drug users. Like he's trying to like end drugs or something in the Philippines and he's just massacring people. That's a good way to get the uh, abusement down. If there's no people to abuse it, that's great. Yeah, but the problem is, well, no, first of all, no, you can't just murder drug. That's insane. It gets, it gets the drug users. Yes, it does. Certainly just statistics wise. Yes, it drops the the percentage of people that are using drugs. Like to zero. Yeah. (laughs) But he, but Jokes aside, it's like he's killing people just indiscriminately. There's just a horrific uh, situation in the Philippines. And Trump's inviting him to the White House, which people are pissed off about, which I don't think you need to invite Duterte. What are you going to talk to him about? Not killing the drug dealers? He's not going to. Is he that what he's going to say? Uh, who the fuck knows? You know, if that's the if that's the point, if that's why he's bringing him here. But I don't think so, because Duterte is a big fan of Trump. And Trump is probably like, great. Thank you. Honored. Love it. Uh, so that's OK. So anyway, so he's invited you know, he's he's honored to talk to Kim Jong-un potentially. Now, you asked and you shall receive. We have video of the press baby who, who has the best job in America. This is him. Uh, he's being asked about that. You know, what, what? Trump wants to talk to Kim Jong-un? What's the deal? So here's the press baby trying to defend his, uh, his pappy. I'll be honest decision. with you. The, the reporters must be fucking loving this shit. Like, oh, I mean, Trump says something stupid. Now let's get Sean to defend Trump. Here we go. Yeah, right. Well, oh, it's just great. I mean, take everything out of the equation. Like, he could kill us all. Yeah, this is the best. Because what? Because Obama, you ask him a question, or you ask Josh Ernest, or anything, anybody from most administrations, and it's like, yeah, we'll get a, you An know. eloquent, well-thought-out answer yeah. that is what you would expect. It might be a lie, but and it's now, an answer, right? And now the complete difference. Yeah, now, the, now they're like, hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, John. Jonathan. 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 Uh, coming back to uh, North Korea, the president didn't, didn't just say that he would be open to meeting with Kim Jong-un under the right circumstances. He said he would be honored to meet with him. This is somebody who has starved his own people, somebody that has threatened to destroy the United States. Just last week he put out a video showing the capital getting destroyed by North Korean fighters. How could he be honored to meet with Kim Jong-un? Well, the president understands uh, the threat that North Korea poses, and he will do whatever is necessary under the right circumstances to protect our country from the threat that they pose. Um, so, well, John, then I, I guess because he's still the head of state, um, so it's it, it is sort of a there's a diplomat. This goes on for like two and a half minutes. We're gonna listen to it. Why can't he ever like he can make his life so much easier if mm-hmm. once in a while he just goes, Yeah, he misspoke, he, he probably didn't mean to say honored. Next question, like, what why would that be so terrible? You can't just say that, Mr. Trump. 
I know for a fact that you never misspeak, correct? I say what I mean. I tell it like it is. I'm a real straight shooter, Joey. And I'll tell you this. Ivanka, sexy. Mm-hmm. piece to this, but the bottom line is the president's going to do what he has to do right now. He's building a coalition in the region. To- Some little stupid podcast made fun of my beautiful daughter's <laughs> speech patterns last week. And I just want to make a point. She is not doing ASMR. She just has a wonderful, seductive... Okay. Isolate North Korea, both economically and diplomatically, to get the threat, uh, to, to take that threat down. Um, and, and so, I, 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 but that is his number one. <laughs> I, now, is protecting I, I, his country I, and our people. What do you mean when you call him uh, one smart cookie or a pretty smart cookie? Well, I think his point was he, he went over this in the interview. Which, that, by the way, uh, isn't, the, isn't that like a racist thing? Because if he means one smart cookie, he's referencing like fortune cookies oh which are God, chinese no, but chinese, like, yeah. like isn't no um i don't or, know sure yeah or, or, or am i looking for something that's just not there no i think you're right yeah i think it was i think he was trying to be racist definitely uh no i don't know it's a crazy thing to say um <laughs> to refer to another world leader i mean i that's okay. a smart cookie it is what it is <laughs> but like you know it's kim jong-un he's a dictator piece of shit and like he's killing everybody but but it's still weird to be like Smart cookie. Smart cookie. No, is he? What, what do you mean, <laughs> smart cookie? It's like patting somebody on the head. Meanwhile, what, he the, Spicer's response to this should have just been like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, when, ask the I don't know. I don't know why you would. Why would he have said that? I don't know. The, he assumed power at a at a young age uh, when his father passed away, and there was a lot <laughs> of potential explain. threats that could come his it. way. And he's obviously uh, managed to uh, to lead a country forward uh, <laughs> oh see, no see, wait this excuse is what me I'm saying. Yeah. excuse me sean joey yeah yeah joey yeah what did you intend to mean by he's leading the nation forward uh, so uh, he's like sending these missiles up uh, and he's leading the nation forward yeah i mean well, um yeah you know i mean um just say you, you know, misspoke uh, no you, you know look i would no, we didn't of course we didn't speak i mean look i mean time if you look at time, time goes forward. So just because he's the leader of a country, naturally, you know, he's going forward. It's not like, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't believe North Korea has the technology to go back in time. So uh, obviously, I think what the president meant is that he's going, you know, we're going forward. So you mean literally just the passage of time? Yeah. Not which, leading somebody into the right direction. Well, of course. I mean, look, you know, I'm, I, if you maybe. You know, if you want to talk to Kim Jong Un about how he feels the country's going, then you, by all means do that. But right, I mean, I would say that the passage of simply the passage of time is what I'm okay. referring to. Okay. Despite the obvious concerns that we and so many other people have, um, the pre- you know he is a young person to be leading a country with nuclear weapons, um, and so that set aside, I think the president recognizes the threat that he poses and is doing everything he can to isolate that threat and to make sure that we bring stability to the region. Does Margaret. 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 Matt just got in here. We're, we're listening to Sean Spicer defend uh, Trump's invite of Kim Jong-un to the... Uh, to the White House. Oh boy, sounds fun. It is fun, and I actually just debuted a, a Sean Spicer um, impression, which I think is pretty good. It's a lot of eyeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on North Korea, uh, both with the president's comment on Kim Jong Un and what Secretary Tillerson said, you seem to be making the offer that we could have direct talks with North Korea. Who's going to be doing no, no, those? Please. Yeah. I, I just I, again, I think. <laughs> It's the same shit every time. No, no, I, 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 you know, I, I, you know, I, no, 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 no. By direct, I mean two people speaking to each other, not like the right people speaking to each other. Yeah. But just people speaking to each other. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, hang out. I think that you, you've 
the, the key part of the president's statement was under the right circumstances. Right. And that is the key. And those circumstances do not exist now. This is consistent with what Secretary Tillerson said the other day. Um, but I think that until, if, if North Korea continues down a degree of provocative behavior, then those circumstances will never be there. Uh, but we want to hold out the possibility that if North Korea were ever serious about completely dismantling its nuclear capability and taking away the threat that they pose both to the region and to us, that there's always going to be a possibility uh, of that occurring. That possibility is not there at this time. Would that? That well, he, we're time? not. We're, we're so far away from that possibility existing. To start identifying an individual would be highly premature. Okay. So, all right. So, enough. All right. Let's take Spicer off the uh, off the grill. He's had enough. Thank you, uh, man. Uh, he's fascinating. Matt Weiss, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for having me. A little out of breath. I was uh, rushing yeah, to right. get here. Started yeah. early. Yeah, we... Um, I, was, I said at the beginning of the show, we just have, there's a little bit of a scheduling, whatever, so we're going to try to wrap up uh, a little bit. Okay, well, I, mean, I missed last week, and then I missed the first half hour of today's show. Not bad. your fault, not your fault <laughs> at all. That's totally fine. Um, all right, so we were just talking about North Korea. We're going to move on now to Walter Scott, Jordan Edwards. Now, I don't know if you guys have been following it. Obviously, it's been a bit of a story, right? I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't been watching TV. I haven't watched TV all week. I mean, literally mm-hmm. not at all. So um, I don't know how much any of this is being covered, but we're going to cover it. 35-year-old, I and mean, this is a story that we covered quite a while ago on the podcast, a couple, yes. you know, over a year ago. 35-year-old Michael Slager, the former Charleston, South Carolina police officer, uh, involved in the fatal shooting of unarmed Walter Scott, who was 50 years old at the time of his death, has pleaded guilty to use of excessive force and faces a possible life in prison. The state murder trial uh, earlier ended in a hung jury. This plea in federal court ends the state case, and this holds the potential for possible life sentence. Now, that just... Quickly, before I'm going to throw it to you, Joey, before we get into it, the Walter Scott shooting is the one where Walter Scott runs away from Slager for some kind of traffic violation or whatever. And he shoots him five times. Eight times, I believe, in the back. And the video is so obvious. Like, he did was completely unnecessary. It was just not something that needed to happen. Do you have any thoughts about this, uh, you know, potential life sentence? See, I think what's going to end up happening, because... He accepted responsibility for his actions by admitting his guilt that a life sentence will not be administered. That there was there was, you know, a deal on the table that as long as he admitted wrongly that he had done this, that they would not go to that extent of life in prison. Okay. Oh, I didn't even realize that. So, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think he probably deserves to be in jail for life, but okay. Matt, well, thoughts? Well, you notice they, he pled guilty to excessive force. It, well, he didn't get charged with murder. So. Right. Well, that was what, exactly. So the state oh. charges were murder charges. That was a hung jury. Now he goes to federal court, and the plea of guilty is to avoid the murder charge. And so I, I'm kind of curious if, okay, do you, does that kind of let him off easy in the sense that well, he didn't get charged with what he should have gotten charged with, which was murder. But right. if he if he gets life in prison, is does does the end sort of justify the means there that? Yeah. Oh, he still got the right punishment, but should he be get? Does it send a bad bad sim- signal if he's getting charged with the wrong crime? Yeah, I mean, I think listen, excessive force. It is excessive force, right? It's just putting it in like a milder sense than just murder. I'm if he gets life in prison or he goes, you know, he's in there for the rest of his life essentially, then. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that the ends do justify the means in that case, and I think that justice will have been done. The interesting thing about the Walter Scott case that we talked about at the time, and I think still holds true, and you've seen it kind of play out with these other cases, is they reacted correctly. They immediately fired him. They were like, this is not how we do business Mm -hmm. here. Like, this was wrong. Like, obviously, he he acted incorrectly. And they reacted, and there wasn't massive protesting or massive, you know, unrest. and, And I think you're seeing that play out, right, that the police initially handled it correctly. And now you're in a situation where this guy is going to be punished for doing the wrong thing. And I think that that's appropriate here, you know? But mm-hmm. but does not having it be a murder charge, is that not is that basically not a full measure now? Is that does it Yeah, that's not the fault of the 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 way the police handled it or anything. You know no, what I mean? It's I mean, like, it, that's the jury. So the, Well know. yeah, and it's the jury, it's the prosecution that they right. I mean it it's I get what you're saying, yeah. but I don't think I think ultimately if, if he's going to serve jail time and potentially be in there for life, then yeah, then it is what it is. I mean, like ultimately, ultimately it is a good thing. It's just a matter of perhaps it's a sign that we haven't we haven't we're definitely not where we need to be yet. Oh and, no, for sure not. And this that definitely shows that. Yes. See, here's my thing. Um, what he did is wrong, hundred percent. Right. However, I don't know if in every case life in prison is going to solve the issue because how would he be able to repay his repay his debt to society he can, if all it is is just sitting in a jail cell? It doesn't have to be him sitting in jail cell. He can go talk. He can go give speeches to cops. They can go take him out of jail to go do stuff but, like that. He can repay his debt to society. He can go do anything. It's just a matter of work and that he can express that he'd like to go do that. Well, He doesn't just sit in jail. Also, you just brought up a fundamental problem with our criminal justice system that all these, I mean... We're incarcerating so much of our black population to begin with, and yeah. we're, we're the prison system is currently just to punish. It's not actually to right. bring you, put you back into society. It's not to reform you. It's uh, we we have a punishment base instead of trying to reintroduce back into society yeah. criminal system. Yeah, well, yeah and you can still prison. be and you can still listen. You can still be rehabilitated and have to stay in jail for the rest of your life. It is what it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it, that's those two things are not incompatible. There's people that are serving. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, in certain we've talked about it in certain uh, Norway or whatever, they don't have life in prison you're gonna get out you know they I mean, can keep extending a, it a if lot they... of countries don't have life in prison yeah for sure and i mean i think that that's fine and you know i mean we've mm. t- we've talked about that extensively but i think you can still have a life sentence but also still have a purpose they can give this guy a purpose doesn't mean that the, you just lock throw away the key um you can still work with this guy yeah. you know so but i but he did kill someone so you know incorrectly and th- that's not right um now the next thing this is a horrible situation on Saturday, 15 year old unarmed black teenager, Jordan Edwards left an unsupervised house party where drinking, uh, when drinking and fighting began, like it started to get out of control. He didn't want to be involved. He thought quote, it was getting dangerous. Two police officers arrived on scene as the party continued to get out of control. And amidst reports of gunfire in the area, Jordan, the 15 year old unarmed teenager sat in the front passenger seat with four others in the car, including his brother, Officer Roy Oliver, who's a 37-year-old Iraq war vet, shot at the car with a rifle, hitting Edwards, who later died from the gunshot wound at the hospital. Um, Roy Oliver is now fired from the Balch Balch Springs uh, Police Department, and police initially said the car backed up, quote, aggressively at the officers, but then later admitted that they, quote, misspoke. Uh, obviously we've seen this story before where they, you know, change the story or video comes out and we're like, well, that's not, that's not what happened. Um, this one just doesn't, I mean, 
None of them really make sense, but this is just insane that they would just randomly shoot into a car. All right, so you have a car with four people in it. Five people. Five people. uh, Aggressively backs up and... No, it didn't. It did not. Did not aggressively back up. Because the police chief reviewed the video and he's like, yeah, that's... that's, We missed it. So so the car drives away and you shoot a rifle into it? No, it didn't drive... They were sitting in the car. Oh, so they're just sitting sitting in the car car and a bullet from a rifle strikes the kid in the front seat. Right. So we're, we're going to see what happens here. Like I said about the Walter Scott situation, it's interesting that they're, you know, it's all kind of coming out at the same time. Guy was fired. You have to, obviously lying about what happened with the car is not the best start to the situation, but you have to be upfront and go, no, this is obviously wrong. This isn't the, you know, the way that the police officer should behave. He acted irresponsibly and you got to press, you know, this has to go to trial and it has to be a real, uh, Effort to to get justice for this kid that should 100% not be uh, dead when he wasn't involved in the situation at all. So, so it actually does sound like procedure was proper there in the sense that the police chief didn't immediately fire him until he reviewed it. Which, well, that's fine. But, I but, but, he, but I mean, he's, ba- he's basing his if he's basing his judgment off what the cops are telling him, he trusts his staff. And then he looks at the video, right. says, oh, you lied to me. Bye. Right. No, for like, sure. I, like, that's good. Very good on the police chief there. If that- yes. However... Even if the car was backing up at them aggressively, does that warrant sh- just firing into the car? No, it doesn't. No, but that would be that, that would be okay. So you suspend him and th- until you investigate, yeah. and then like you, you obviously you don't get, put that guy with a gun back on the street while you're investigating, right. and then you see like oh you really did fuck up, you're out, right. prosecutor, take him away. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too much more to say about that story. Obviously, it's it's a story we've heard. Over and over yeah, again. And, and as soon like, as we f- see the footage, we'll comment. And yeah, I got to assume the footage happened. will come out. Right. I mean, we'll stay on top of it, but I want to do put that out there. That that's something that, you know, we've seen and that I, I you know. I, I just wish it wasn't so commonplace that we can just brush off a police shooting like this. But Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. But again, I mean, again, until there's video or something, I mean, I, I, there's only so many minutes that I can spend on the podcast talking about how it's hard. It is hard. You know, it's yeah. horrific, obviously. Like, but just, this is a kid and, you know. You know, a kid at a party just chilling out. You know what? This isn't safe. Right. Let me get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Gets to the car. Cops show up. Dead. Yeah. And his brother watches him die in the car. It's yeah. like, that's the situation we're in. You know, it's also, uh, you know, people make these weird equivalencies of like, well, this, the, he was a good kid too. It's like, well, even if he was a shitty kid, <laughs> he, he still shouldn't be dead. Right. Way. So, but, but, but the more you hear about him, you know, everybody's like, yeah, he's a respectable kid. Everybody liked him. Like played football. Like he was just like a yeah. good, you know, just a regular good kid that that you know that, that is went, now not gonna that went live. to a house party right and it, it's not gonna live his life anymore. If, if white kids got shot for going uh, going for house parties in high school oh I, I would have been the only kid to have survived high school yeah i mean the shit that we i mean jesus uh, <laughs> that we've yeah we've we've had some parties before you yeah. know it's like where easily the, the cops showed up and we were black we could be shot you know what i mean it's it's that simple so okay um i want to move on here to the arkansas executions that have been taking place because this shit is not acceptable in my mind in 2017 United States of America. I just think it's, it's just absurd at a certain point. And, and, and we're, like I've said before, we're allowing the dumb States to be done. We're just letting, we're letting the dumb States make policy, which we should not be allowing in this country anymore. Arkansas in 2016, 60.6% voted for Donald Trump. 33.5% voted for Hillary Clinton. This is neither here nor there. I'm just throwing it out there. The state, Arkansas, while trying to execute eight death row inmates in 11 days, has put to death four people in a week, including the first double execution in the United States in 17 years, 
on uh, April 24th. Kenneth Williams, who is the most recently executed, according to a uh, prison spokesman, shook for approximately 10 seconds, three minutes after the lethal injection. Government uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson... Asa, isn't it Asa? Is it Asa? Asa, yeah. Uh, Hutchinson released this statement, which I'm going to read to you. The long path of justice ended tonight, and Arkansas... The long path of justice ended tonight. And Arkansas... Arkansas... Arkansans? Arkansans? Arkansans. Arkansans, is that right? I think so. This is insane. Any, any Arkansans can correct us in the... Yeah. Uh, Arkansans can reflect on the last two weeks with confidence that our system of laws in the state has worked. Carrying out the penalty of the jury in the Kenneth Williams case was necessary. There has never been a question of guilt. That's, I mean, okay. In 1999, Williams was serving, but that's cannot, the same cannot be said for the other eight people they were trying to, the other seven people they were trying to kill. In 1999, Williams was serving a life sentence for the murder of 19-year-old Nikki Hurd when he escaped and proceeded to kill again. 57-year-old Cecil Boren, a grandfather and husband to Jeannie, and a Missouri man, Missouri, 24-year-old Michael Greenwood. Williams would later confess to the unsolved murder of 36-year-old Gerald Jenkins, a father and stepfather. In the last seven days, after decades of waiting, the families of Deborah Reese, Christine Lewis, Mary Phillips, Lorraine Ann Barrett, Stacey Erickson, Nikki Hurd, Gerald Jenkins, and Cecil Bourne were finally provided the justice they were promised, and they also saw that our system of laws have meaning. But according to witnesses in the room, things did not go so smoothly Here's a quote. Uh, On Thursday, Kenneth Williams' body shook for up to 20 seconds with reports of him coughing, convulsing, lurching, and jerking in rapid succession. Even when the microphone had been turned off, he could be heard through the viewing glass moaning and gasping. Three days before that, Marcel Williams was seen to arch his back countless times and breathe heavily even after a consciousness check was carried out to make sure he was insensate. So... We've talked about this before. They keep putting these people to death. They don't have the right procedures in place. They do not have the right drug cocktail that's going to actually supposedly painlessly put these people to death. Even if you're, you know, in favor of the, you know, not in favor of the death penalty. I'd rather it be carried out humanely if you're going to do it at all. In a lot of cases, they talk about the fact that, like, we don't know what these people, because we're, we're, we're giving them something that makes them not be able to move right it, it, it uh paralyzes them but that doesn't mean they're not feeling anything and they're saying that like it feels like fire ripping through their veins and it can be a very horrific death and people go well they murder people they should have thought about that then what makes us better than them being the murderer we're doing this so it's okay to torture people to death if they kill somebody that's the fucking paradox of the goddamn death penalty it just doesn't make sense to me i'm against it it makes no sense it's more expensive and it's crazy you're torturing people that's what you're doing listen i'm pretty sure when somebody arches their back something's wrong of course kayla greenwood who's the victim's daughter this is what she had to say the victim's daughter now yeah his execution will not bring my father back or return to us what has been taken, but it will cause additional suffering. The Greenwood family they forget, said they forgive Williams. They even paid for plane tickets for his daughter and granddaughter who live in Washington State so they could see him before his execution. Williams' lawyers noted that the clemency board never heard from the Greenwoods during his clemency hearing earlier this month and that they only heard from the Boren family, which supported the state's plan to execute Williams. Oh, yes. Justice has been done. Do you believe this shit? Who's justice? Right. Right. Because it feels good to go, we fucking killed him. He killed somebody, we killed him. Yeah, but this family, who also suffered a loss. Why is their loss 
Any different? Oh, because they don't agree with you, so you didn't want to hear from them. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when it comes to the more the morality of whether they have to be killed humanely, it's like part of me just wants to say, oh, they're dying anyways. It's like de- the death penalty has always been. Yeah. I mean, you, well, you think, hey, no, that's completely I mean, not ul- true. Ultimately, I'm against the death penalty. But the, the, I mean, hanging someone by the neck until dead is has never been a, a a nice and friendly way to die. Yeah, but that's not what we're doing. This yeah, is supposed I, I, to be lethal injection. If I offered but, you the option, hey, Matt, would you rather die in 25 minutes or three minutes? What are you going to take? I mean, ultimately, the, the parent... No, don't ultimately yeah, no, me. No, are it, you going to take three minutes or 25 well, minutes? Don't take the quick death. Hang me right, by the okay. neck or... Uh, right. Give, right. Give me a firing squad. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. And th- but that's that's the thing where we've talked about people, you know, well, that's crazy to bring up by the fire. I'd rather get shot in the fucking head than this shit. If I had the choice, I want to go in my sleep. I want to go to sleep, and my heart just stops. Well, that's right. Well, Very I don't simple. understand why they can't do that. Just do that. Know? Right. Just have the heart stop. How about a heroin overdose? How about that? Can I die by heroin overdose? I mean, yeah, that would be a pretty, pretty good way to go. Or that, well, That's a different. sensitive subject right now. We have a lot of like overdoses going on in my the best state. friend died of a heroin overdose and i'm I don't just think saying christy would be very uh appreciative of you the overweight governor of new jersey yes Chris just flinging yeah. around heroin well a, i'm just saying if they're gonna do this shit now, now, now you for for chris christy you need a big a pretty big uh dose to take care of him wouldn't you Jesus yeah you need some kind of animal tranquil i mean <laughs> <laughs> for sure you need something serious to take him down yeah absolutely um yeah well, well, his heart's just gonna. Well, whatever. But, okay, uh, I was gonna say his heart's just gonna stop on its own eventually. But the the main point here is, what the f- what are we like? How is this? This should not be allowed in 2017 America. We're moving past it. The companies that create the drugs that are supposed to be using lethal injection are like, we're not going to give you them anymore because you're misusing them. It's not how it's supposed to be done. And yet they continue to defiantly. Now, now it's like. We got to fucking do. We got to speed this up. We got to kill these fuckers. Like, are you nuts? But it's the state. Yeah, it's and not the state justice. Can't be wrong. Well, this no, the state can be wrong, and they're going to get sued, and shit's going to. Yeah, they are. Yes, the state can be wrong. But but so ultimately, I just this. There's a whole air of absurdity to this whole thing where I like, I'm I'm against the death penalty, but. The reason that this is all going down is because oh the drugs are expiring. Yes, and yeah. first of all the idea. Yeah. Of oh that yes. You yes. spend money on the drugs. You gotta right. use they, them. They expire by the. But but meanwhile it's like they don't just give it a shot. It's okay. You can still take Advil after the it's supposed to expire. Well, but and, and, and this ain't Advil, Chris. Well, I'll, I'll actually to be fair, probably the reason they're expiring. I mean, you, there's the, you joke like oh an expired drug you're killing the person. But like why would you why would you disinfect right. the? Ultimately the problem wow. is. If the drugs are expiring, they're probably losing their efficacy, which would lead to even right. worse human. No, human no, for problems. sure. Which, yes, thank you, at least, Asa so. Washington, for, for getting this done before they lose their efficacy. <laughs> but, but right. I mean, it's just an absurd, it is an but, absurd situation. But so I, I, I mean, I look at, that's why when I say, oh, is the, if they're dying, they're dying. But at the end of the day, I think the absurdity, the importance of that is it brings up this debate of, should we even be doing this? Is the death, I mean, no, clearly when the Constitution was written, the Eighth Amendment did not exclude the death penalty because they're quite fine with that. Right, but yeah, but it's different times. Yeah, you, know? it's, you have to be open to new interpretations of of the document. The Constitution is a living document, and perhaps now we can say the Eighth Amendment that the death penalty is cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, well, it's feel good policy. You know, it's 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 not. It doesn't make sense when you logic it out of like, well, why is murder uh, punishable by murder? Doesn't that mean that we're murdering someone? Well, no, because it's official. Okay, it doesn't make sense logically when you go through. It doesn't make sense morally, and. It is what it is. We're getting to the point where this is going to be phased out. You, and you, you unfortunately, you don't get to get the jollies 
of shooting a murderer it's, or, you know, injecting him with a, a lethal dose of something. It's just not what it is. And, and as I was, it's more expensive anyway. Also, from a fiscal conservative point of view, it's more expensive to do this. And as I was saying during the, the Walter Scott segment, it's like, we, the, our current criminal justice system is not based on actually helping society. It's based on just feeling good and making, like, oh, I want, right. to, I want this person punished for what he did to me. That doesn't help society in any way. No, absolutely. It we talked about it when we talked about, uh, you know, Norway's system with the uh, Anders Breivik. It's such a better system. Right. But their recidivism rate is 20%. Ours is 80%. But we want recidivism because of private, cor- private prisons. Well, we right. want recidivism it's in a this whole, country. Yes, it's a whole, excuse me, a whole other situation, so, but you're absolutely right. So, so I'd argue that. Private prisons are against the Eighth Amendment. It's cruel and unusual punishment. Trying yeah. to keep, like, it's trying to keep people down. Oh, That's for sure. You're incentive, right? You're 100. Um, percent All right. You ready to, now? I want to talk about this, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you're here, Matt, for this too, because it's better to have all three of us in in the room. The Democrats have been going through a little bit of, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, growing pains, or, or you know, their cat. They're having a hard time shedding their caterpillarness on the way to their being coming a butterfly. I was going to say cocoon. Joke, <laughs> yeah. Really? What? I was just going to say sucko joke. Very messy sucko joke. Well, that's, you know, disgusting. I mean, that's so, just called politics. Yeah. Now, I got a Bernie Sanders video. I just want to play real quick. This is Bernie. He was on some show. I don't really remember. But he's talking about the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. We're going to let him play it, and then we're going to have, have the conversation about what the Democrats have kind of been arguing internally about recently. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's a valid argument or not, but we'll, we'll have the conversation about it. But this is... Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont, and he's, uh, you know, talking about the Democratic Party. Senator Bernie Sanders, who is back home in Burlington after a week-long tour of red states along with the head of the Democratic Party. Welcome, Senator. I want to talk to you about that unity uh, tour you were on. You were with DNC Chairman Tom Perez. He was Who's booed a, a little bit bitch, in Maine. The way, yeah. There's also a little dust-up yeah. over the uh, your endorsement of a candidate in DNC Omaha. What are the terms now? The so to put that in context, and this is where the conversation about that we're going to have comes from. Heath Mello is the guy's name, which is a great name. Omaha, Nebraska, mayoral candidate. He is pro-life and has supported abortion restrictions while in state legislature. He was included on the Unity Tour. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So this is where this call. Con- so now this is Bernie responding to that, and then we'll get into it. So the discussion in the Democratic Party right now about its direction. Well, I think what is clear to anyone who looks at where the Democratic Party today is that the model of the Democratic Party is failing. Uh, we, have the, uh, we have a Republican president who ran as a candidate, as the most unpopular candidate in modern history of this country. Republicans control the House, the Senate, two-thirds of uh, governor's chairs. And in the last uh, eight years, they have picked up 900 legislative seats. Clearly, the Democratic Party has got to change. And in my view, what it has got to... Thank you. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Hillary came out recently and she was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That's like she, She's just like, I'm with you. I'm part of the resistance. Get out of here. You don't help. You're not helpful. You don't even get what happened. At least this one's like, yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, nobody nobody yeah. likes us. Nobody cares. Where in the meantime, Obama's so popular, he's trying to influence the French election. Right. I, I support Macron. Uh, all right, here we go become is a grassroots party Thank you. a party which makes the decisions from the bottom on up a party which is more, Obama. <laughs> more dependent on small donations than large donations a party john that speaks to the pain of the working class in this country middle class is shrinking 43 million people living in poverty almost all new income and wealth is going to the top one percent people can't afford to send their kids to college 
They can't afford childcare. They can't afford health care. The Democratic Party has got to take the lead, rally people, young people, working people, stand up to the billionaire class. And when we do that, you're going to see voter turnout swell. You're going to see people coming in and running for office. You're going to see Democrats regain control of the United States Congress. Now, okay, I want to put, I, I wrote this little note to myself where I said Trump told everyone what they needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Trump would go in one day, he would go from Florida to Alabama to New York, and he would tell each group different things, tell them what they wanted to hear. And the media would be like, this is crazy. Look, Trump said this at 9 a.m. and he's saying something different at 2. Guess what? It worked. Yeah. Part of the argument here with this Heath Mello being included on the Unity Tour and whatever, the, the conversation has been like, uh, Dems have been fighting over whether they should or should not support pro-life candidates. If they're Democrats in a red state, Nebraska, sh- even though maybe they don't support all the Democratic Party platform, should they still be included as part of the Democratic Party? Whatever. Yes. Well, okay, we're going to have the conversation. Part of it, though, and that's why I mentioned the thing about Trump, is when you go to Nebraska, talk to Nebraskans. When you go to New York, talk to New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. You're all... You'd rather have a pro-life Democrat than a pro-life Republican, wouldn't you? Yes. Now, let me say this. I think it's okay to support those candidates. This is my point of view. It's okay to support them if they personally, because fucking Tim Kaine is no like super lib, but he supports super liberal policy. Personally, he's against abortion. He's against whatever. That's fine. But that's the distinction you have to draw. I don't think you can just say, well, listen, if he's going to support pro-life, we'd rather have him. Personally, that's fine. And that should be the conversation. And we, we support people and they should be part of the tent. But if you're going to be a Democrat, if you're going to be part of this like liberal agenda, you have to walk the walk. You can't just say, you know, you, you have to support the policy. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do in your personal life. It doesn't bother me at all. You got to support the policy if you're a Democrat. Which one of you wants to go first? I let him go. Okay. I, mean, I pretty much agree with you on this one. I like it. It's hard to say there has to be a litmus te- litmus test for litmus right. test for a party. I was having trouble saying that. It's okay. I mean, I I criticize the Republican Party for saying, "Oh, we need to all be in step on the same things. You can't dissent it in any way." So, yeah, I have no, I take no issue with that. And I think it's going to come up a lot in in two years when Joe Manchin is up for re-election right, and uh, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Heidi Heidkamp, right. where. People are already saying, oh, we need to get out and primary these North people. North Dakota? Heidi, Heidi? Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah. And we need to get out and primary these people and make sure these people don't get reelected. Or Democrats saying this. I'm just thinking, okay, I, I don't agree with every, like, I, I'm more liberal than they are. But they represent their people well and in a way that is closer to my views. Why would I want to make it harder for the Democrats to, to get things done? Why would I want to make it so there's a better chance of Trump getting his agenda passed? So there is a bit of party unity that you need. It's a it's a weird a weird thing where yeah like he's representing his people fairly accurately and that's where that's the way this country is set up that you have local local government that way right yeah it's an interesting right that's the thing you either want politicians to actually represent the people or you want them to represent the party it's kind of a weird situation mm-hmm. to be in now you prefer that he's not pushing for restrictions if something comes to you know whatever he's got to take the the temperature of the people that he's representing or her, she in the in the case of Heidi Heitkamp. Um, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. It's just kind of stupid to me, though, broad picture, that the Democrat that this is what the Democrats have gotten themselves caught into. Because, like we said, you look at the Republican Party, you can look at Trump, you go, oh, they're a mess, they're not doing a great job. 96% of the people that voted for Trump would do it again. More people think Democrats are out of touch than think Republicans are out of touch. That's got to change 
in two years and four years. So to be caught up in this like social, not that abor- you know abortion rights are, are a big deal, certainly, but bigger picture, I don't think that this is the argument that the Democrats should be having amongst each other. You know, this should not be the 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 conversation that's getting out into the public more than anything else. That's why I played the Bernie clip because he always goes back to the economic stuff. Yes. He always goes back to the heart of the problem. And that's what they should be talking about. Not this. This is crazy. And get on the same page with it. You got to get on the same. Get on the same page now. I just like the using a wedge issue among themselves. Right. So. It's dumb. That's that's bad. Dumb. But you see, I think this is if we're going to have this discussion, now is the time to do it. Because I think this is okay. You have Perez and Ellison coming in trying to say we're going to shake up the party. This maybe this is the time that we're having to shake up and trying to have these discussions about what what is the soul of the party going to be. And now we're this is the fallout from the election that we need to have a discussion of what the soul of the party is. Right. So. I, yeah, but perhaps but it was inevitable. Get, but they're never going to get. This is the thing. Like, and this is the other part problem. It's only two parties. Let's have five. You know, let's have six. Yeah, and- because if you don't agree, but you're sort of liberal on some issues, but you're against abortion, then you're your own. Part. Go do your own thing, well, and we'll we'll try to work together when we have to work together on something. Otherwise, we'll fight tooth and nail. You get fifteen percent. You get twelve percent. You know, like that's the problem ultimately. Well, that well, these fucking two party system is stupid. It doesn't make sense. Well, and that's why I'm against against the litmus test because. If you have a litmus, te- litmus test that you have to be this to be a Democrat or this to be a Republican, yeah, then, then maybe it, you're not. <laughs> then it discourages people from crossing the aisle. You right. discourage bipartisanship, and I want to, I want to have it so you can have a pro life a pro life Republican or pro a uh, pro choice re- Republican. Right. So the Democrats say, oh, we want to get this bill passed. Let's go talk to you because this is what you we share values in this place. We can have this discussion. We don't need to be. I, I want we want more bipartisanship. We don't want. Parties to just toe the party line. Do what's good for America, not good for the party. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want more bipartisanship. Again, I want more parties. Bipartisanship Man. just means single party rule, which I don't want. You know, I, I just don't want that. No, I, I think I, I'm saying I want pe- both parties to work together and have people across the aisle. I think that's May, maybe because they do do that. They do it on war. They do it on different spending bills and shit like that. They they're like, well, whatever. I don't agree with that, but yeah, let's just spend another trillion dollars. That's fine. I mean, any, well, know. any controversial issue right now is there's no bi- bipartisan. Support. Right. Well, there's, there's nothing. Just, but if there, but again, the big. If there's more parties, then you wouldn't have that situation. You'd have to have strange bedfellows, certainly, but you can get together on different issues. Whatever. I mean, it's a complicated issue why we'll never have a more of a two-party system right. in this country. Right, well, well, you never know. We'll see. Um, so now the next thing I wanted to get to is the computers in speaking, don't speak, don't understand Icelandic. We got to skip it. We got to do it next Okay, week. that's fine. I have it. I'm excited to talk about it. It's going to be a fun conversation, but we're on a little bit of a time crunch, and there's other stuff I'd like to get to this I, week. I also don't understand Icelandic. No, no, I don't understand it at all. But it's it's a it's a I don't know. I was gonna say it's a cute topic, and I'd like to talk about it. Check out next week when we talk about Eskimo brothers. No, we're not gonna see Joey. No, did it? We're not, okay, fine. I did it. First of all, Joey, the Eskimos were not there. Second, we're not in Iceland. Second of all, offensive term, man. Offensive. No, certain parts it is, certain parts it's not. In Alaska, I believe they like to be talked uh, referred to as Inuit. Yeah. In certain places, they don't mind being called Eskimo. It's I thought, I thought Eskimo. I, I thought Eskimo was an offensive term. Okay. In some places, it is. Um. Okay, so we're gonna get to that next week. I know it's like another tease. We're gonna get to it next week, but I do want to get to the Trump administration odds and ends before we wrap. And I want to play that Heineken uh, commercial that yes. I talked about earlier that we got emailed to us by Chase and Jeff. So Trump administration odds and ends. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson gave his first major address explaining the America First kind of Trump doctrine. This is Rex Tillerson. I have a couple of quotes here. I think it's really important that all of us understand the difference between policy and values. Our values around freedom, human dignity, the way people are treated, those are our values. 
Those are not our policies. In some circumstances, if you condition our national security efforts on someone accepting our values, we probably can't achieve our national security goals. If we continue too heavily, then others just adopt this value. We have come to, over a long history of our own, it really creates obstacles to our ability to advance our national security interests, our economic interests. It doesn't mean we leave those values on the sidelines. While our policies change, our values never change. Which is the opposite of what he said in the first two paragraphs where he's like, listen, we might think the torture's wrong or whatever, but sometimes we got to work with countries that, that don't and we can't for So I guess that's kind of true because of the relationships we have with like Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Hey, this is something I've been meaning to talk about for a couple of weeks now. We'll probably, you know, we're going to get to it mm-hmm. soon. This fucking uh, female genital mutilation. Do you know that 92% of women in, in Egypt go through that? No. Is it that high, really? Yes. Is, is, that, a, is, that, cur- is that current stat still? Because I thought, I thought things were getting better. Uh, apparently not. No. Is not that self-inflicted or no? What self-inflicted? What do you mean? No, you- no, 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 no. It's, it's, a, it's like a, quote, procedure, but it's like, what? I don't have time to get into it, but I'm just saying, we have we do compromise our values to like deal with certain countries, but this seems like an inarticulate kind of random policy that this guy's... And- and the way he said that is like, okay, so you just want to be able to do what you want without having any consequences? Exactly. Like, I mean, it sounds very dictatorial and just, oh, we don't have to obey the laws overseas. We're going to go kill who we want. Right. Tom Malinowski, who's a former assistant secretary of state for democracy, human rights, and labor up until 2017, he said, this is the most clueless speech given by a secretary of state in my lifetime. <laughs> clueless, clueless of what came before. Before him and how U.S. foreign policy has changed in the post-Cold War era. Clueless about what the world expects of America, including that we defend universal values and norms. Clueless about what the people he's supposed to lead actually do and the harm being done to their mission and morale by his cluelessness. The speech was like being told to the amputee... The speech was like being told the amputation of your limbs will be good for you by a surgeon who skipped medical school. Wow. John Kirby, who's a former State Department spokesman, said divorcing our interests from our values in foreign policy is like trying to plant cut flowers. So, okay. Kind of panned, uh, but that's to be expected from a guy that had no interest really in becoming Secretary of State and has zero His uh, wife told him to do it. Experience, yeah. They need you, Rex! Okay. Well, I mean, it's the most clueless speech by the most clueless Secretary of State. Right. So... Seems fitting. Um, Trump thought this shit was going to be easier. <laughs> and I have a quote. Uh, hold on. I just got to I forgot to put it in the email, but I have the, uh, the link right here. I loved my previous life. I had so many things going. This is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. That's a direct <laughs> quote from the sitting president, which I told you, by the way, we talked about this. Where it's wait, like, wait, wait, excuse me. So, so you're telling me that you Joey, thought yes, being Joey, I will call on you president literally, of the United States. Don't talk over me, son. I will call on you literally every time you have a question. Joey. <laughs> Thank you. You have carte blanche, please. So you're telling Not me. Not like the fake news, CBS. So you honestly believe you thought it was going to be easier to be president of the United States than to be yourself on a TV show? Yeah, great question. I mean, I'm like a very like smart person. Yes. I mean, my grandfather, I don't know if I told you, brilliant, went to Fordham or something, I forget. But in any event, yeah, I th- I did, I truly thought. Because I run the Trump organization, me and Melania and Ivanka and Don Jr. and the other one. We run, I can't remember the other one's name. We run a very tremendous business. I mean, all over the world, very well respected. Golf courses, you name it, steak. So yes, I did. I truly did believe it's going to be easier. It's a lot of work. It is a, you know, 
15 hour a week job. It is very difficult. We're going to fast forward on eight years. What is the message that you want to leave to the next sitting president of the United States of America? Good luck. Follow that act, dummy. Okay. Uh, Damn it, snowball. I mean, uh, what? Softball. <laughs> softball. <laughs> they're Question. all softball, Joey. They're all softball. When you're the, I'm big league. <laughs> when you're this good, they're all softball questions. They're all softballs. I'm big league. You know that. I've said it before. Trump apparently believes that um, Andrew Jackson, an unrepented 161 slave owner, uh, would have stopped the Civil War. Andrew Jackson died 16 years before it started. Um, and I have this little interchange between Trump and Selena Zito, who was interviewing him. Ooh, 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 I could be Selena. Yeah, right? Joey, we've already talked about this. We, we plotted this out before the episode. Joey's going to play the reporter. Uh, Trump says his wife died. They destroyed his wife and she died, which I don't even know. Oh, no, 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 no. Give me a second. I got to find it. All right. Oh, it's all right. No. You got a second. He was a swashbuckler. But when his wife died, you know, he visited her grave every day. I visited her grave, actually, because I was in Tennessee. Joey, you really you couldn't have it open. I'm I'm, I'm working on You're it. You're out. Well, You're out. <laughs> uh, we don't have the time to fuck around today. <laughs> Selena Zito says, "That's right. You were in Tennessee." And he goes, "And it was amazing. I mean, the people of Tennessee are amazing people. They love Andrew Jackson. They love Andrew Jackson in Tennessee. He's he, so fascinating. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was a very tough person, but he had a big heart." He was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. He said, there's no reason for this. People didn't realize, you know, the Civil War, if you think about it, why? People don't ask that question, but why was there the Civil War? Why could that one not have been worked out? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Trump's like, what the fuck? Why did we do it? I don't understand. A lot of reasons, buddy, including uh, slavery. You know, that was like a pretty big fucking factor in why the Civil War was fought. And Andrew Jackson... Again, listen, I'm not some big Andrew Jackson historian. We talked about this last week, Matt, because this came out like, you know, after the episode. Uh, You know, I don't know. I'm not up on the history, but apparently he was, quote, unrepentant. Like he was very much in favor of of having slaves. He was like, no, this is good. We should have them. They're a big economic driver. This is not something he wasn't going to end. Also, why would Andrew Jackson have just been able to be like, hey, no civil war, no civil war (laughs) and be able to stop it? What are you talking about? If anything, he would have. He would have given everything to the South. Well, whatever. I'm just saying it's just a wild thing to say. No, there was nobody in America at the start of the Civil War that was like, hey, why are we doing this? And then was like, maybe we shouldn't. You, you don't think there's anybody that thought maybe we shouldn't have the bloodiest possible war that would rip our country apart for generations and to this day continues to be a problem? Nobody was like, maybe we shouldn't shouldn't do this. Jackson, Andrew Jackson would have stopped it, but unfortunately he died. So, so okay, you, so you go over to Syria. Oh, we should have just avoided this whole civil war. That would right, be, that would be a smart idea. The que- I mean, the question about the Syrian civil war: Why, you know, why have it? Because fucking what? People are going to be asking the same thing about well, the wars that you're going to start. They're going to be like, nobody, nobody saw that coming. Why didn't Selena Zito be like, sir, you know, maybe you should ask yourself. You know, that's a great point, Selena. I didn't even think about it. Why would we do a war? Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. I don't know. I haven't decided. Uh, Mr. Trump. Yeah, Joey, please. You're Thank on you. fire today, son. Um, you were in you're high a, school, right? You're a star, Joey. Thank you. You you did go to high school when they went over the Civil War and all that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I was there for sure, yeah. Okay. And at that time... Teacher started talking about it. I raised my hand and said, why? And no good answer. You know, nobody has the answer. Um, finally, 
Sebastian Gorka, my favorite Trump official, is on his way out after his connections to Vitezi Rend, a Hungarian nationalist group uh, on a U.S. State Department watch list that was under Nazi direction during World War II service. He apparently has connections. Yeah. Uh, He also might have a fake PhD. I read an article on Boing Boing, uh, which I'd have to look deeper into that, but he apparently also maybe faked his PhD. So I don't know what's funnier, though, the fact that PhD can be faked or that the website's name was Boing Boing. Well, Boing Boing's fun. It's Cory Doctor. Remember the guy that we talked about with the the Disneyland... um, yeah, it was a while ago. I can't. I don't remember it fully. But he wrote a do, uh, uh, a novel about what would happen if Disneyland was run by a bunch of like unionized workers. It's not, I forget exactly, but huh. that's how I got to it. And okay. so I, Boing Boing is actually a pretty interesting site. Uh, all right, so Gorka, Godspeed. <laughs> He's out, and probably well, not a real doctor. I, I thought it was just off to a different part of the organization. Not like they were trying the to do that. They were trying to do that, but now they're not positive so we'll, we'll keep our eye on gorka but he, now he's, we're like you're too much of a nazi for even this white house yeah. we're going to kick you out yeah you're actually a nazi the, bro. They, they still have bannon and miller so let's get the stevens out of there yeah but, where's miller well, what's he doing i haven't heard from that dumb dumb in quite a while i mean he, he's a jewish nazi yeah how does that happen why you know the question is why uh, nobody uh so all right that's what i got now we're we got a couple of minutes here. We got like five, ten minutes. I want to read the emails we got from Chase and Jeff. Okay. We're gonna play this Heineken commercial, which I don't know if you guys have seen it. You've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. I Jeff? watched it. All right. Well we're gonna you play put it, it anyway. in the email. I thought you wanted me to watch it. No, it was just because it was in the link to the okay. he, he, in his email he had the link. But it's all right, we'll play it and then we will uh wrap up the program. Now Chase, what did you give me a little? Uh, well, I wasn't sure if you discussed the vote on healthcare earlier that happened today. No, thank you, thank you for bringing it up. We're we're just gonna mention it. We'll talk about it later. It did. God, you want to? Okay. Well, the the vote was two seventeen to two thirteen. It passed by a very very small margin. No Democratic support. Twenty Republicans opposed it. And of course, I lost my healthcare yesterday. So yay! Yeah, no, you get, well, that's great. Yeah, just be careful. Yeah. Don't run. You ran over. You're out of breath. You don't know. No, I mean, I didn't exactly run here, but <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, I'm just overweight, which is great for healthcare, right? Yeah, well, you, you got to start eating better. Yeah, listen, you got to get on a diet. I think anorexia is going to be my my diet just to save uh, save money. And you know what, Matt? Anorexia is not a joke. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> um, Do not become anorexic, people. The Yeah, so it passed the House. We'll talk about it more next week, obviously. It's still got to go to the Senate. We'll see what the fuck happens there. But they didn't have the CBO score. They went about it completely differently this time, where they literally didn't say anything. They're not going to say it. anything and just pass they it through. They didn't run it through CBO. No one so read it. No one read knows. it. Nobody knows. So we'll see. We'll, well, we I mean, will cover it next this week. Shit is, this shit, the bill is just vile. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, we'll 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 cover it over the next week. Rape, the, rape is a pre-existing condition in this bill. I don't know what that means. So you can get denied health insurance because of rape. Um, if you've been raped, you, well, is that a, true? I don't know. Yeah, I'd it, have to look at. I can't. I cannot just take your word for it. You're you sometimes are a little uh, hyperbolic. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm hyperbolic. But uh, we'll we'll talk. We will look through it. If if that is true, then we'll talk about it next week. Um, let me play this clip. And then we'll wrap up the show. Sound good to everybody? Sounds great. So now, obviously, this is on the heels of the goddamn Kendall Jenner, the masterpiece, the Kendall Jenner uh, Pepsi commercial. This is a Heineken commercial. Oh, fuck. It better play. Okay, here we go. Uh, The title card says, Worlds Apart. All right? And forgive me, all the people in it are British. Okay? I couldn't find an American version, but it is what it is. I'm just kidding. What is that supposed (laughs) to mean? (laughs) Nothing. I'm just making a joke. All right. So this is the uh, Heineken commercial, which I actually really liked, but we'll play it. I would describe my political views as the new right. I say that I'm left. Two strangers divided by their beliefs. 
meet for the first time. Today. So now they're walking into like a big kind of like warehouse thing where they have some stuff set up and they're going to do some tasks together and blah, blah, blah. But these are the opposites talking without, they're not saying it to each other. They, this is all recorded beforehand. Mm -hmm. Then they meet, they do some, uh, well, you'll see. Is man hating. I would describe myself as a feminist 100%. Each knows nothing about the other. Or what this experiment involves. I don't believe that climate change exists. We're not taking enough action on climate change. I think it's about time these people got off the high horse and started looking for credible problems that actually exist. It's absolutely critical that trans people have their own voice. That's not right. You can't, you know, you're, you're a man, be a man, or you're a female, be a female. Is there more that unites than divides us? Women do need to remember that we need you to have our children. Could I be friends with someone that says a woman's place is in the home? Um... One, the icebreaker. Right, okay, well, I'm an expert at flat packs. If you have any trouble, just watch me. So it looks like I've got your instructions here. So now they, they open up a box and they have to, like, assemble some shit together. They're going to have to work together to get this done. I think so. Let me help you. Let's just that bit there. Q&A. Describe what it is like to be you in five adjectives. They built like a little bar and like stools and stuff together. So now they're sitting together and now they're doing the Q&A part. Okay. Frustrating. Dedicated. Opinionated. Lucky. Ambitious. Offensive. Solemn. I have ups and downs. Strong. I want to say attacked. Misunderstood. Name three things you and I have in common. We're both male, we're both confident, and we're both loudly spoken. We know each other better than people who've known each other for 10 minutes should. You seem quite ambitious and positive, and you've got this really, um, got a glow. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Your aura's pretty cool. This is worth watching, by the way. Like, I know we're just playing the, the audio, but this, is, I think, is worth one that's worth watching. It's only four minutes. It's worth watching to see, like, how people's faces, like, these people are actually enjoying spending time with each other. Yes. You can tell. It's not, it's not bullshit. Sensing, are you uh, former military or something? People have said that, but there is no, really? there is no history. So are you then ex ex military? Um, yeah. If you're ex military, I'm very proud of you already. Well, so. I grew up uh, in a bit of a rough state. I've experienced homelessness. I've known what it's like to have absolutely nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely most grateful just just for life. We've only just met, but I think you're the sort of person that would listen to me, and we'd have a discussion rather than argue. Yeah, you could hang out with man. Bridge building. Let's go. Oh, now they're building the bar. Chance. Goodness sake. You're right, mate. Fitter than a look. Perfect. Oh yeah. There you go. It's basically, I think we just bought a bar. Yeah. Okay. The decision. Yeah. <laughs> each taken. All right. So now they they oh, it says each. Oh well, he's gonna read it. Sorry. Bottle and place it on its corresponding markings on the bar. And they have Heineken's obviously on the bar. It's a Heineken head. Attention, please now stand to watch a short film. Feminism today is now they're showing. Now this is the clever thing because yeah. it's them showing the original footage that was captured of that individual and their thoughts on the topics that they were going to be talking about. Exactly, and they're now with the person that is their opposite. And, you know, definitely an excuse for misandry, man hating. If somebody said to me that climate change is destroying the world, then I'd say that is total piffle. So transgender, it is very odd. We're not set up to understand or see things like that. 
I am a daughter, a wife. I am transgender. I feel like the battle for feminism definitely isn't done. The fight is never going to be over, if I'm honest with you. You now have a choice. You may go, or you can stay and discuss your differences over a beer. I'm only joking. <laughs> I, I, dude, when I was watching this, I was like, no. I can't believe he did that like, either. Is he fucking walking away? The, the most really? savage moment in any commercial yeah, ever. Yeah, I, I was like, Jesus Christ. But he, he I came back, thank God. Like, I was like, Jesus good, Christ. Good sense of humor dude. on the guy, at least. Yeah, no. That's he, incredible he, sense of humor. He because... played it perfectly. Agree for a second, <laughs> Well, I'm having a drink. I'm having a drink. Yeah. I want to discuss. Beer. Yeah, beer and discuss. Cheers. At the end of the day, mate. About I've reaching out to people, you. yeah. And, you know, even if you wanted to convince people about your point, the productive thing to do would be to sit it's down engage. and have a engage. I've been brought up in a way where everything's black and white, but life isn't black and white. Yeah, I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> I'll give you my mobile number, you give me yours, uh -huh. and we'll keep in touch. I'd have to tell my girlfriend that I'll be texting another girl. <laughs> <laughs> it says, open your mind, open your world. Heineken. Yes, good job. That's a great commercial. It's a very, it's very effective. Because it's not, you're, you, yeah, like, it doesn't feel like they're like, drink Heineken. You need to drink, drink Heineken. They're just, they're, they gave you something worthwhile to watch. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's around the concept of like, sit and have a beer and talk to somebody. That's not like a forced it you know, whip your fucking wig off and have a Pepsi. Like, Pepsi's great. It's just the total opposite if we're comparing it to the Pepsi commercial, but as a commercial on its own, man, I think that's great. That was actually, like, enjoyable to watch. I didn't yes. feel, and I hate fucking commercials. I mean, I really hate commercials. That was good. Oh, it's a brilliantly made commercial just because it's... It gets you it gets you remembering, oh, that was a Heineken commercial. Heineken did that really interesting video. It's right. like, Let's go it's, have a Heineken. Well, what? it achieves, right, because you, you go, that Heineken ad was great because, and you explain it, but you're saying Heineken, you, you know, you don't feel and, bad saying it. And it's getting people to talk about your your product without really re even realizing they're talking about your product. Oh, that was a Heineken commercial. Like, here's the idea I was discussing, but it was, then they had a Heineken. Right, well, it's the, idea, it's the idea of, you, you keep saying Heineken, but it's the idea of sitting down and, and discussing, and what are you going to discuss over? A drink. You want to go have a drink? Yeah, we'll get a Heineken. Perfect. And I do drink Heineken. You know, that's a nice, good, nice <laughs> beer, whatever. Uh, They're not paid. This is not another ad no, for this them. is not a paid uh, endorsement. But anyway, so I, I thought, you know, thanks to the guys. Uh, oh, I didn't read their emails. I'm so stupid. We just went right into it. Hey, Chris, this is from Chase. Said, hey, Chris, haven't emailed in a while, but still listen religiously. Thank you, sir. Uh, I really enjoyed this video and thought you might as well. It highlights how if people put their differences aside and work on something first, then they can maybe change their opinions. Let me know what you think. And then Jeff said, hey, uh, man, Sam Heineken just released this video, and I figured you might appreciate it and could be good fodder for the show. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Chase got the email in first. Jeff, he beat you out. I apologize, man. But how much? By how much did he get days, beat out? Three days. In three days. So yeah. if he got beat yeah. out, why are you still giving him credit for this then? Well, I, you know, I appreciate it. He was he was right. Actually, you <laughs> we know, we give credit when credit is due. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, thank you to those two for sending in the uh, link to the video. I hadn't seen it until I saw Chase's email. So. Well, could someone watch this video if they wanted to, Chris? Uh, right on YouTube. I mean, you could just go on YouTube and, and type in like Heineken, you know, worlds apart. And nice. come right I up. mean, Heineken wants you to watch it, so it's not it's not yeah, gonna be hard no, to it's find. Available, right? Like the Pepsi one went away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can still find that if you, you want to. But Pepsi it. doesn't want that. Uh, no. um, all right, 
Good episode. Great episode. We had to rush through a little bit. We just didn't get to one topic, but it wasn't. It's, okay. it's you know, it's an ever. We'll cover thing. it next week. Yeah, we'll talk about the Icelandic uh, language disappearing. It's, it's cute. I have some links and whatever. Um, I demand to be able to pronounce the names of volcanoes from now on. Damn it. Any final thoughts on anything, guys? Are we good? No. Sorry I showed up late. No, I, uh, <laughs> nah, no we okay. started early. It's fine. Joey? Um, just wanted to say quickly uh-huh. that Chris cut out a topic I wanted no, to I talk didn't. about. No, I didn't. We're going to talk about Playboy it. model. Uh, very attractive young lady. Uh-huh. Her name was Jaylee Cook. Yeah. She was, she's a model from New Zealand. Okay. And she got atop of a famous New Zealand volcano named do 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 uh i You're can't so dumb. It. you have to otherwise i'm not gonna let you keep talking okay mount taramakaki yeah it's probably what it is sure yeah sounds good okay what's what's on situation? instagram all right what's her name jaylen cook help him he can't jaylen cook jaylen yeah j-a-y-l-e-n-e cook c-o-o-k jaylen cook yeah. jaylen cook okay 25 beautiful girl mm-hmm Took a picture in front of a mountain, and there was a lot of outrage because apparently this is a holy mountain. Um, I don't care. Good for her. She looks great. I'm looking at the picture now. Okay, we got a quote. <clears throat> yeah. We made ourselves knowledgeable on it's the history of the mountain. Ma- it's a fucking mountain. We were it's quite a mountain. respectful. <laughs> yeah. Being nude is not something that is offensive in any way. Right. Agreed. It's natural and pure, and it's about freedom and empowerment. Yeah, like a mountain. Right. Yes. Yeah. A mountain doesn't wear clothes. <laughs> we love it. Uh, no, good for her. What, who Who's upset? What religion is it? The people in New Zealand? I I, I don't know the religion of them. The Maoris? The, is the it Maori, a cultural uh, thing? What is it? Yes. Yeah. It's probably Polynesian of some sort. It's... All right. Well, you know, I mean, that's a little different than like a religious thing, I guess, if it's like a cultural heritage spot. But even still, what's the big deal? You know, she looks good. Looks great. Okay. Good Good job, Joey. Uh, all right. Samsonites, we love you. Thank you for listening to the show every week. We really appreciate it. Go on Apple Podcasts, which is I do but go on apple podcast and rate subscribe you know leave a nice message on there that'd be nice i'd love to see it um you can also go on soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson you can follow us on there and you can leave a comment on the episode we can have a little conversation about whatever you'd like um what else mandatory samson at gmail.com you can also find me on all social media platforms at man samp i really only use twitter um but i'm i don't know i'm trying to get better at using some instagram I might put up some pictures from the museum. Ooh, that's uh, a great idea. Yeah. And you guys can see what that looks like and how that went. And, you know, I'm on Snapchat also. Joey, you're at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Matt is Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. He's not using it still, I know. But... I usually, I, I've stepped up my game slightly, but that means like two or three tweets of okay. like all time. Yeah, right now a lot of my tweets are Rangers related. The New York Rangers going into game Four. five. Shouldn't you know this off the top of your head? Game four two and tonight. one. Game four tonight. Two yeah, and yeah. one. Game four. Game four. So we'll see what happens. I think they're going to tie it up. It's Rangers a must win. win. Yeah, they're all must wins from here on out. So we'll see what happens. My, my, my Bruins are out, so now I got to. Yeah, fuck the Bruins. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, all right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next episode. Bye. <laughs> This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.